Promo Kitchen is an all-volunteer, nonprofit organization committed to the advancement of the promotional products industry through education and mentorship. If you want to get more involved, please visit us on the web at promokitchen.org. One of the ways you can get involved is by donating to our cause. We rely on our community for financial support to help cover the cost of producing our educational content and our networking mixers. You can donate today right from your phone at promokitchen.org slash donate. Thank you so much, and let's get started with the show. This episode of the Promo Kitchen podcast has been brought to you by our friends at Sanmar. Sanmar believes in the power of promotional products. Since 1971, this family-owned apparel supplier has been dedicated to passionately serving customers through trusted brands like Port Authority, Port & Company, Nike Golf, OGO, District, and Sport Tech. You can check them out online at sanmar.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Promo Kitchen Podcast. We are a community-inspired conversation featuring boundary pushers, rabble-rousers, freaks, and geeks who are looking to shake up the $20 billion promotional products industry. My name is Mark Graham, co-founder of Common Skew, and joining me for a discussion today are fellow chefs Dale Denham, CIO of Geiger, and Bill Petrie, president of Promo Corner. For those of you who are tuned into industry social media, you have likely seen your feeds dominated by lead over the last week or so. LEAD is otherwise known as PPAI's Legislative Education and Action Day. Dale and Bill were among the dedicated group of volunteers that took to Capitol Hill to speak to members of Congress about our industry. I was curious about LEAD, and given that Bill and Dale are prominent chefs, I felt there was an opportunity to sit down with them to try and understand more about this initiative, why it matters, what success has come from past LEADs, and how more people can get involved in this important initiative. Bill and Dale, it's a pleasure, as always, to have the two of you on the show. Welcome. Thanks, Mark. Yeah, thank you, Mark. All right, let's start with the basics. What is LEAD? This is Bill, so I'll start off. And Dale, you might have a different perspective. This was my first LEAD. So LEAD is Legislative Education and Action Day, and it's really over a period of two days where a group of volunteers, like you said, Mark, descend upon Washington, D.C., set meetings with their local representatives and senators, and many times the staffs of those representatives and senators, to speak to them about the issues facing the promotional products industry. It's been an idea by PPA. I think they've been doing it for eight years. I think Dale can correct me if I'm wrong. And it's really a fantastic way to communicate with elected officials about the issues that do face our industry and really small businesses as a whole. Right. Yeah, I think you nailed it exactly on the head, Bill. Uh, I think the key thing is that it's about addressing our industry issues. And because we're an industry made up of small businesses, and we represent quite a few small businesses compared to many people who visit, and it shows our legislative bodies and the people there who don't know who we are that we really care. It's one thing to make a phone call and send an email, and they really do pay attention to those. But 
they pay a lot more attention when people are coming in face to face. And that's really the motivation of getting there once a year. Right. And the idea is that each person attending from the industry meets with their specific member of Congress. Is that correct? Correct. I was with uh, Team Florida and there were four people representing Florida. We had 12 meetings during the day and a half that we were lobbying on Capitol Hill. So the key is you not only have your local, but you work anywhere within your state. And there are some areas that go beyond their states, so the Midwest, New England area, they have people representing multiple states. Got it. Okay. So tell me what happens in these meetings. I mean, I see all the pictures of people smiling on Facebook with their members of Congress, but I'm curious to know what actually happens over the course of those day and a half meetings. So Bill, why don't you start since you're brand new, and then I'll add the perspective of my first time and up to today. You bet. So it was my first time, and I was with David Tate of Signet for Team Tennessee. And over the course of the day and a half, we had about eight meetings with two senators and six representatives, and we divided and conquered. And I felt very well prepared by PPAI to speak to the issues, and I'm sure we'll, we'll chat about those. But it was a very daunting and very humbling experience walking into a congressperson's office where I don't live in their district and talking about issues that are facing the promotional products industry and small businesses at large. But essentially, they are very willing to listen, exactly what Dale said. So their days generally run late. So your meetings are very rarely on time. And they're usually pretty brief. The time you have with either a congressperson or a staff member, many times it is a staff member, is brief. But at that time, they take notes. They are paying attention. And I think Dale hit it on the head. It was very eye-opening for me to realize how invested and engaged they were you know, here we are from what we feel like is a very large industry at 19 or $20 billion. And it's really not when you consider all the other people running around Capitol Hill lobbying. Right. But the amount of attention that they paid in, in the meetings I attended was very gratifying. It was very encouraging that we took the time to be there and they recognized that we took the time to be there. So really what happens in the meetings is you're expressing the concerns that all of us have in the promotional products industry. We talked about the proposed border adjustment tax. We talk about the value of promotional products, which is always an educational slant. We talked about the rules of independent contractors, and we talked about the potential advertising expenditure legislation. So we shared those things with them and they listen. And when enough people cry out or enough people speak out, you know, the squeaky wheel does get the grease. Yeah, and I'll, I'll add a little perspective that, you know, the first time that I went in was probably seven, eight years ago, I think it was the very first lead. And it is a little intimidating to think about going into a senator or um, representative's office and talking with them. So that's one of the reasons why we have people that are experienced in coming back multiple years to help the new people that come each year. And so you kind of get a feel for it. After your first year, there are some people like I traveled with Carol Goggin at BBT Promotions down in Florida this year, and she was a natural. So I ran the first meeting, and by the second meeting, you know, we were tag teaming completely, and she was a pro. I wasn't that good my first year. I wasn't able to go that route. She's very comfortable being in the offices because she grew up in, in an environment where she was around people that were in politics. So you really are trying to find your groove without boring the congressperson or their staff. And I think Bill's point about the staff is important. I'll add that sometimes, well, in fact, I would say most of the time, you don't want to speak for very long to the congressperson. Their head is somewhere else. And whatever time they give you, 
is very nice, but I had two meetings with Congress people this year and the rest was with their staff of those 12 meetings. And the one that I had with my local, my Congresswoman did join me, but she also had her chief of staff join us. And he was the one who took notes. That's where you really want to spend time. And Bill laid out the issues that, that we talk about. I did also do a Facebook Live, Mark, so I'll send you that. And if you want to include it in the link when this is published, people can watch exactly how it transpired after the niceties. We pretty much got going and then started doing the Facebook Live. You're also getting the, the staff person will follow through on the ideas. The elected official is completely relying on their staff. So it's really important. And I will say that you do have a few staff members who don't agree with your position and will challenge you. And I talked to a few different people this year who ran into trouble with staff who was not happy that we as small business people did not support the border adjustment tax. Right. I didn't run into any. I wish I did because that's my passion. Uh, and I was I was happy to tell them all the reasons it was bad for small business and specifically our industry. So, Dale, you've been going to lead for several years, so you may be best equipped to answer this question. Is, is there a specific set of objectives that you go to the Hill with each year? Or is it more just general advocacy? I, th I think the reason I ask that question is I'm curious to understand what success looks like after each particular year and when you know positive results have been seen. Yeah, so the general rule is advocacy in general, making them aware of our industry and trying to help them understand that when they're making laws and proposing laws that they think about our industry and our business. And it's great to have something like the border adjustment tax that like we did this year to really focus on because that gives them something to hang on to. In previous years, it's been a little more, and even this year, things that might come true. So we also talked about the advertising expenditures, which currently there's no bill proposed that would have advertising expenditures change, but it was discussed a couple of years ago. So they always ask, well, what bill is this in? And we say, or we say ahead of time, this is not in a bill yet, but it was proposed two years ago and we want to get ahead of it. And they really like that. So yeah. it helps every year because staff changes over. You get a new person handling small business or tax issues. So you're trying to make sure the entire staff knows. And it's really rewarding to go back in and have them recognize you from the year before. And then you spend a little time going over the same issue. Hey, just as a reminder of this. But this year, the pretty predominant focus was on border adjustment tax. And we did talk about the industry in general, which we always do, and how important it is to small businesses in America to use our products as well as their own campaigns. Advertising Expenditure Act came up again and also protecting our independent contractor status, as well as them watching for anything that's coming up. But right. one last thing is because they do know us, if we do run into a bill that comes out, say, in two months from now, we can call the people who we spoke with and they remember who we are. And just to jump on that, you know, Dale's absolutely 100% right. And again, it was my first year, so I didn't know any of the people I was meeting with, but I met with the chief of staff of Representative Desjardins' office, who is here in Tennessee and covers Chattanooga. And I brought out a journal book and he said, oh, I just got rid of mine from last year. I wish I had another one. And just as it happened, I had another one to give him. And so just the fact that he remembered that whoever came before me from Tennessee, that was a big deal. And to piggyback on what Dale was saying, I think it's important for everybody who attends LEAD, it was certainly important for me to really know what you're talking about. They don't have a lot of time. The staffers, the congresspeople, the senators, they don't have a lot of time. And if you don't get to the point and know what you're talking about, they can smell that pretty quickly and they're going to rush you out of there 
just as quickly. Dale, I think you mentioned that not everything you say in these meetings is, is agreed with. Are there some examples of where you've received pushback about some of the things that you're pitching? Like, have you ever had a member of Congress that has said, listen, nice try, but this industry that you represent is really just trinkets and trash and garbage, and we need to reduce the expenditures, specifically at a government level, for your particular medium? Because I know that that was an example of something that was a hot button issue a couple of years ago. Have you ever had anyone who's just been like diametrically opposed to what it is that we sell as an industry? No, absolutely not. There's probably a case where they maybe didn't agree with us as much as they let on, but they're generally pretty courteous and they tend to listen more. So they don't tend to attack your industry. Some of them may have thought it. I didn't run into anybody who had made a public statement. If you find somebody who's gone on record with an issue, that's where you tend to get more pushback and right. someone trying to challenge you. But unless they've already gone on record, they want you to love them, donate money to their campaign. And right. they really do want to listen and make sure they're making the best decision for small businesses. And I, th I think that's the key thing is they're nice most of the time. I did talk to somebody this year who in our group that spoke to a different congressperson who was very adamant about the border adjustment tax, but was not rude. This was busy convincing the person they were wrong. Right. Are there any examples, like maybe one or two specific victories that you can point to over the last eight years that lead has directly resulted in, in terms of a, a positive outcome for our industry that may not have been positive had lead not been in place? You know, I can't come to a specific example because sometimes what happens is things don't actually come to the floor. So we don't know what would have happened or wouldn't have happened. Right. So yeah, two examples point. that we've been talking about every year that continue not to make it to the floor, which is good, would be the independent contractor issue and the advertising expenditures tax. They were proposed and they never made it into a bill that got passed. Did we help influence that? I think so. Has there ever been anything while we were there that we pushed hard against? No, I think the border adjustment tax is probably the one thing in the recent past. And while we were there, they came out and said, well, we're going to relook at this. And some of the senators and staff said, you know, well, it was kind of toned down today that Paul Ryan even said he was going to look at it. We said, yeah, but that tends to come back. And they said, absolutely. So we're glad you're telling us how you feel about it. So I think the more that they hear people talking, if it was just PPAI lead, I don't think we could influence anything on our own when we speak in voices with others, and maybe I shouldn't say we can't influence anything our own, we have less influence than when there's a lot of other people speaking as well, just like they have less influence. So if there's 10 groups out there lobbying against the border adjustment tax, that speaks a lot more than just one. So Dale, you've been going for the last seven or eight years, and Bill, this is your inaugural lead. Bill, why is this year one for you? Like, why did you decide to go this year and not in years past? I had applied to go for the past few years. And usually, at least in Tennessee, they limit the amount of people who can participate to three. Oh, okay. And so I actually had to wait till someone dropped out. Oh, okay. um, and so it was a very big honor for me to be able to go. Got it. And maybe I should have asked this question before. How does one actually get involved in lead? Because what I mentioned in the introduction is that it seems like there's a fairly finite group of people that have been going for 
the last several years. And maybe that's the way it has to be because of this concept of there being a, a certain number of allotted spots per state. So if either of you could explain how one gets involved and how one applies, then I think that, that might provide some more context. Yeah, usually in September, Ann Stone, who runs uh, government relations for PPAI, will send out an email to membership for applications to attend LEAD. And it's a pretty simple application, name, rank, serial number, the usual stuff. But there's an essay part of it of why you want to be part of this initiative for PPAI. And it really makes you think about really why you do you want to do it? Do you want to do it just because it seems like the cool thing to do? Or do you want to do it because it's an opportunity to really make a difference? Now, I wanted to do it because I really felt it was that opportunity to take my engagement in the industry to the next level. And I walked out of that last meeting I had with my representative, really understanding that I was finally committed to the industry as opposed to being involved. And so for me, that's why I wanted to do it. But here's the thing. The government relations activity from PPAI goes on all year round. If you just Google PPAI lead, it'll take you right to the government advocacy area of PPAI's website, and you can become a grassroots representative and get involved at your local level. It'll talk about the positions that PPAI is taking on a lot of the issues we've already been discussing. So it's something that I think PPI would really like to see people get engaged with on more of a grassroots level all year round, not just a two-day experience in the middle of April. Yeah, I would echo what Bill has said. I'll give you a little bit more insight. I am the chair of the Government Relations Action Council, and that group is made up of people who are involved in this every month we meet. And we don't make the decisions about who goes, but we talk about you know the structure and the makeup. There's only 80 people invited to lead each year. So you have a limited number of people to cover the 50 states. And part of that is due to cost and part of that is due to just being able to manage the right number of people. So with those 80 people, PPAI is looking to break it down by state and representatives in each state and how much representation the state needs. From there, they work really hard to make sure there's a good mix of seasoned veterans, and it's always more than 50%. So you are going to feel like it's the same people, Mark, but in fact, the turnover or the changes is about a third each year people are new. And the real challenge for PPAI is people who do this, like Bill did this year, love to do it. It's invigorating to be involved in this process, and they want to come every year. And so the real challenge for PPAI is telling someone no, especially right. if they've already been there and we're good at it. Yeah. And yeah. you've got somebody that is really good who's been doing it every year, say for seven years, like George Jackson, seven out of eight years, the person who's done it the most. You don't want to lose a George Jackson because he is so good at what he does. Yeah. At the same time, PPAI really wants to get more people involved. So it's a real delicate balance that they choose. And as Bill said, the process they go through looks at how dedicated people are. And my advice to people who want to get involved is the regional associations are an area where the Government Relations Action Council is looking to get more activity from them and do more lead local, which is where uh, there was just one done in Michigan and one recently in Oregon, where a group of people from the regional get together and go visit their elected officials. And the people who participate in that are going to be more likely to be picked to go to lead because they already have some experience. Right, right, right. And for international listeners outside the U.S., 
Is there guidance that PPAI provides to them in terms of advocating for the industry in other countries? That's not something we've ever focused on. There's so many issues in the U.S. that's where we've been focused. But on my next RAC meeting, I will bring that up because I think it's a great idea. I'm curious as to whether the new administration in Washington had any impact on lead this year in either a positive or negative way, or whether the administration is always neutral when it comes to uh, the meetings with various members of Congress. Yeah, I'll give my insights as an old timer, then Bill jump in. Essentially, the only thing that I heard different this year was the staff legitimately felt like they didn't know what was going to happen day to day, where in the past they had more of a pattern or a path that they knew was coming down the road. They were confused. When we talk about things, they just said, you know, you never know what's going to happen here. But this year, you really don't know what's going to happen. So I would say it influenced the predictability. Right. And I would echo exactly what Dale said. I remember we were sitting with two members of Senator Bob Corker's staff, and we asked them about, you know, how did the administration affect what they were doing? And the look on their face was one of just confusion. They have no idea what's coming down the pike from one day to another. And the day I met with Corker's staff was the day that all the senators were asked to be loaded on a bus to go to the White House for a briefing on North Korea, which had not happened before that I'm aware of. So I think exactly the same thing you said, Dale, that there's no predictability. I'm curious about the fact that the two of you represent two different sides to the industry. So Dale, as many people know, you're the CIO of a large distributor with Geiger, and Bill, you're with an industry media group, Promo Corner. Does that experience within the industry impact how it is that you come into lead or are there certain agenda items that are specifically important to you that would benefit each of your organizations through your lead style activities? I think the great thing about what PPAI does, and I'd like to get Dale's perspective on it too, is that we all walk into that room and there's suppliers, there's distributors like Dale, there's service providers like me, and then there's PPAI staff. All of us take off our hats and put on the hat of what's best for the industry, not what's best for Promo Corner, not what's best for Geiger, not what's best for any other company. It's what's best for the populate of our industry. And it's really, at least from my perspective, a very united effort. Yeah, I would say that's exactly right. I'll even tell you a little bit more of how far you have to take it. But first, I do want to say that you do bring your own perspective when you're telling the story. So if I'm talking about independent contractors, Since Geiger has independent contractors, it's a very powerful story. But a supplier or maybe a promo corner that's using employees, it's not as powerful. So I bring other people in who have independent contractors. And of course, Geiger also employs about 300 people. So I can also talk to those issues. So it does help you tell the story. That's one of the beauties of having a team of people. You're bringing in people with different perspectives from a storytelling. But Bill's absolutely right. Everybody's on the same page. Now, We did have one person this year um, who I um, know of that did not feel the border adjustment attacks was a bad idea. And they were concerned that what they would say in the congressman's office, PPAI is asking them to to talk about the border adjustment taxes being bad, and this person felt it was a good idea. And what, what we discussed at the RAC level and what we told this person was, 
look, you are absolutely entitled to your own opinions and you do not need to go out and say anything against the border adjustment tax in the meeting. Let somebody else handle that. However, PPAI is covering your expenses to be here. You're here as part of PPAI. So if you're uncomfortable, support, at least quietly supporting or supporting without making a comment, then it's probably not the event for you to go to because PPAI is covering your expenses. So right. you sometimes are sitting in a meeting where you may have a different opinion and you at least have to carry the line enough if you're leading that meeting or have somebody else carry the meeting for you on that topic where you're uncomfortable. Right. Yeah. And to hop into Dale hit something perfectly on the head and I wish I'd remembered, you know, I wear on my wrist a promotional product every day for the American Heart Association. And basically due to everything that happened with my wife last year, when she suffered cardiac arrest, I had to give her CPR. She now has a pacemaker and a defibrillator implanted in her. And without the American Heart Association, that wouldn't have been possible. I'd be a widower now. And I was able to tell that story a few times to some staff people and my local congressperson. And that really brought the promotional products industry very much in perspective for them about why it's important. So what Dale says to be able to bring a story, like Dale's talking about with Geiger, has a group of independent contractors, that's a story. I was able to tell the story of why promotional products are important and critical for fundraising and other activities and how it actually impacts people's lives in a real tangible way. That's fantastic, Bill. Bill, I think you take the prize there. I mean, I, it would be hard to, to follow you after a story like that. <laughs> <laughs> I had them all crying. Yeah, no, but that is, that is, of course, a very powerful story. I mean, there's such a great tie-in with the emotional connection that our product you know, has with the recipients. So other topics or issues that I have not covered that you want to discuss here in terms of like why lead matters, why PPAI is doing excellent work on behalf of its members in terms of raising awareness at the government level for the great things our industry does. I'll point out what happened back at the Sunshine Payment Act, where this was one of the things that got PPAI out and about eight, nine years ago or whatever. And that was with pharmaceutical companies essentially banning gifts. And I think yeah. had we been doing this longer and been more active, we might have been able to tone that down even more. Now, it eventually became just pharma's choice to do that. But PPAI helped, I believe, keep some of the language out of any bill that would have forced it legislatively. So it's one of those things you don't know that you need it until you need it. It's like a loan, a small business loan. If you need a small business loan, the bank's not willing to give it to you, right? But yeah. if you don't need the loan, they're absolutely willing to give it to you. So it's one of those areas where you need to be in the right position for addressing an issue when the time comes. And as Bill said, PPAI staff and members are dealing with this year round. Lead is the highlight of the year, but there's a lot going on and stone does a fantastic job with this group. And she goes at least once a year on top of what she does with LEAD and is meeting with the PPAI lobbyist to talk to different people about specific issues. So I think it's valuable to recognize that in a year or five years, we may have a big issue that we as an industry need to address. And if we have not had the relationships that we've developed over the last eight years, we wouldn't be heard the same way. I would agree with everything that Dale said, you know, and just again, as a first timer, I intend to use my experience at LEAD as a springboard to remain engaged, 
year-round with my local legislators so that hopefully if I'm going back next year to lead, and I hope to do so, that it won't be, I remember seeing you last year. It will be, you know, I appreciate your engagement throughout the year. So, you know, I would really encourage people to go to the PPAI government advocacy section of their site and see how you can get involved. I mean, this is an industry made up primarily of small businessmen and women. And there are issues that impact every single one of us, whether you're a Republican, Democrat, or an independent. So I would really encourage people to use the resources that PPAI has, get involved at your local level, and I'll speak for Dale here, but I think they'd love to see new people every year, again, with some of the people who've done it in the past, so that there's a continual energized group attending the event. Absolutely. And I'll just add that you're exactly right. If they're already getting involved at the local level, that's going to improve their chances of being selected to go to lead to represent EPAI on the Hill. Well, guys, I really appreciate the time that you spent. I know that as someone who likes to ask a lot of questions and someone who has observed this great work from the outside and potentially representing somewhat the conscience of the overall promo kitchen community of, of folks that may not have been there. The two of you have been able to provide a really great insider's view as to what actually happens, why it matters, why people should care. And I also think it's uplifting to know that the government, which it sometimes just feels like this huge amorphous blob <laughs> in terms of getting anything done, that you're actually able to impact change and further the conversation. So good on you for that. Mark, can I ask a quick question before we wrap up? Yeah. As a Canadian... Do you have any contact with your representation? Because a lot of the issues that Americans face in terms of small business, I would assume, are echoed or mirrored in Canada. What, if anything, are you able to do with your government structure in terms of engagement? You know, it's a great question. And I'm rather sheepish to say that I don't have a good answer for that. I know if I speak from personal experience... I have not been specifically engaged at a government level with regard to anything to do with our industry. I think about my perspective as someone who started a distributorship and still owns a distributorship and also someone who started a business a service provider company within the industry, both headquartered in Toronto, that, you know, it's interesting. I think when we spend a lot more time thinking internationally. And I don't know if I can speak for all Canadians, but I think that because of the size of our market, I think that you have a lot of people in Canada that will think outside their borders almost by default. And so as a result, we'll pay a lot of attention to what's happening in some of the markets that we may sell to. So the U.S. is a good example of that. So we spend a lot of time thinking about how the U.S. will impact the business that we have as a Canadian company with a healthy amount of revenues in the U.S. So, I mean, that's a general answer. I wish I could say that, that I knew more. I know for folks that are listening to this, the PPPC, which is the Promotional Products Professionals of Canada, is an excellent organization headquartered in Montreal that probably have a better answer for this. But I don't know of anything formal that they plan that is on par with what happens with PPAI. Mark, if I just use that as kind of a, a final wrap-up for me, before PPAI offered lead and I got the opportunity to go the first time, I had never met with my local officials. And it really made a difference for me being more comfortable going to their local offices. And I think that's the beauty of lead. It's engaging people 
at one time a year, but it's really changing them to realize they can be involved. And I think that that's kind of the beauty of LEAD. It's not just that one day, it changes people and creates advocates, not only for our industry, but for whatever you're passionate about on an ongoing basis. Bill, did you have something to add to that? Yes, I'll add this, the same thing. I've always felt for the last three, four, five years, I've really made a dedicated effort to become more involved in the industry. It's an industry that's given me so much and to give back. And I always felt like I've done a lot until I went to LEAD and I really realized I was involved. And now that I've done something like LEAD and I plan to continue doing that throughout the year, I really committed. So it's a difference between being involved and being committed. Dale said it perfectly. It does change you. It certainly changed me. I walked out of Washington, D.C. a different person than I was walking in. So I'm honored to have been part of it, and I look forward to future events and and engaging my legislators all year round. Thanks again for listening to this edition of the Promo Kitchen podcast. If you like what you hear, you can subscribe to the podcast through iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, you can always get involved in the Promo Kitchen community by visiting us at promokitchen.org. You can also show your support by donating to our cause at promokitchen.org donate. We would sincerely appreciate it. See you next time. Thank you.